Welcome to Stargate Infinity, the Lost Event, a walking through Stargate podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this is episode three, where yes. we'll be talking about the Stargate Infinity episode, The Best World. It's the best one, Zach. It is the best one. It's not the second best. It's not a pretty good mm-hmm. one. It's not a decent one. It's the best world. Actually, it's the next one. No, no. The, the, the next world is the best world. Oh, that's it. That's that's how it works. Right. <laughs> so I want to give a special thank you to our Patreon supporters uh, for making this possible. Uh, it is kind of your fault that we are watching <laughs> this episode. Um, because there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we, we thought we were being clever by being all like, ha, no one's going to support us at that level. How? Oh, wait a minute. So, you know, here we are. I, I, Brent, I hoped that we would hit this level to be able to do this. Um, but I wasn't convinced it was going to happen. Um, what would be even more shocking to me, however, uh, is, is if we actually hit that other stretch goal. Oh, that's Um, that, the ridiculous one. Yeah. You know, at, at, if I recall, it's like $200 a month. If we hit that one. Yeah. That, that would be crazy then then my jaw is gonna hit the floor and i'll be like oh now i have to rethink all of my life decisions (laughs) i'm not sure i'd have to rethink all of my life decisions however i get the sentiment okay fine fair enough well this episode yes um is directed by will mew mew Uh, (laughs) it's the best i got Mew Mew! <laughs> uh, the teleplay is by Mark and Michael Edens. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was originally aired on September 28, 2002. Uh-huh. And the various voice actors for yeah. this episode are the same as all of the other episodes. As it's always so same as it's ever been. So if you cannot remember who all of those people are, I invite you to listen to episode one of Stargate Infinity, We Lost a Bet. Yep. Um, as for trivia and the like, I have none. This <laughs> this is such That's a okay. niche thing that uh, uh, trivia doesn't really seem to exist uh, that I can find. But I have a synopsis. Yes. Well, I am. I'm definitely interested in hearing about the synopsis. <laughs> okay. Again. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. A synopsis for The Best World. The team arrives on a stinky planet. Literally, sulfur is all over the place and it smells bad. Yup. There's also bugs. Nasty bugs. I mean, not like the Bane nasty bugs. I mean, you know, Uh, but still. I wrote it. I wrote it down right here. Is this Teal'c's favorite world? Right here on my notes. Yeah, you know. Anyway, Harrison is complaining about everything when they meet the uh, Muradash. This is the Mm -hmm. native species of this planet. And the Muradash seem to be mud creatures of some kind. Mm -hmm. On this planet, they discover also a strange obelisk slash stone structure called a guide stone. Mm -hmm. Later, it's determined that it is made from Naquita, the mineral that made the Stargate. You don't say. I, I, I do say, Brent. I do say. 
Draga <laughs> seems to be drawn to this guide stone, and after oh. touching it, Draga makes some kind of psychic connection with it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> there's an earthquake, and oh. it causes the guide stone to tip over. Oh no! <laughs> And it begins to slide into a giant mud pit that if it does, they'll never get it out. It's so thick. Oh, my goodness. The Muradash love this thing. It's like super sacred to them. And they move to recover their stone. And they throw ropes over it. And they're standing on it. And they're, like, pulling on the ropes. after They're standing on the thing. And, like, that's not how physics work. But that's okay. Nope. Anyway, our team decides that they should help the Muradash. But, still complaining, Harrison ends up falling into the giant mud pit. Oh no! But don't worry. He is saved when one of the Muradash catches his ankle with a rope and pulls him out. Yay! Yay! Now, in their culture, saving someone's life means that the saver now owns the savee. Mm hmm. So Harrison now belongs to this Muradash female. Uh huh. Harrison grumbles and doesn't like being owned by this creature. And complains about how hideous and stinky this creature is the entire time. Yeah, real nice. I, I'm not sure who I am more displeased with in this process. Honestly. Anyway, the Taklan want to capture Bonner. Using information sent to them by their mole inside the SGC, they now have a list of all of the planets that Bonner has ever visited. Wow. One of the Taklan mm -hmm. is tasked with searching for Bonner, and spoiler alert, he finds Bonner very easily. Uh, the Taklan then go to the Murdash planet in search of the Major. Look, we found him! We can't possibly miss him this time! Spoiler, they'll, they'll, they won't catch him. The, the, no, no, they, they will not be caught. Now, while prepping to stay the night with the Murdash, Stacy confronts Gus about his alleged indiscretions at the SGC, but Gus continues to proclaim his innocence. Stacy is not convinced. Oh, and by the way, this is also the point where, where Harrison's like, oh, hey, here's a, like a pool, like a spring of water. And like, finally, I can get this mud off of me and all of this stuff. And they're like, no, 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 no. Don't touch the water unless, you know, you're mourning and you're like in a really sad mood. Okay. Yup. Suddenly, the Taklan attack. Stacy and Draga are captured. And later, Gus goes to save them and gets captured himself. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. In the process of the fight, Harrison is able to rescue his rescuer. And as such, the ownership comes to an end, right? So, so if you're owned by somebody for rescuing them and then you rescue... The other person, then apparently one ownership cancels the other ownership, and you're back to normal. Unfortunately, his savior <laughs> seems to be quite distressed by this turn of events. Hmm. The Taklan believe that the Guide Stone will bestow upon the one who touches it information on where the ancients are from. So Dakil, the leader, touches the stone and gets some sort of information. And now he's like, ha ha, now that I have the information, let's get rid of the, 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 the stone. And so mm -hmm. then he gets his troops to push the stone into the mud pit to disappear forever. Oh no, what a jerk. He's a big fat jerk face. What a jerk. Jerk face. Sorry. Uh, 
He decides to take Gus and Draga and Stacy with him to the Ancients' home planet. So they go through the gate, and they arrive on a near-toxic heat planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this planet is apparently not the Ancients' home planet. It's instead designed as some sort of safety valve, right? The Guidestone seems to know if an unworthy person tries to get the coordinates of the ancient home world. And if they do, oh. it gives them this planet's gate coordinates. So they go there, and they get stuck on this heat toxic place. Oh, no. This is later oh. confirmed because the planet does not have a DHD, naturally. You see, you see, here I thought that it was because, um, you know, plot. No, no. Oh. No. Okay. No. Okay. Clearly not. Clearly I was mistaken. Clearly. You were very mistaken, Brent. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, well, if they're all going to die here, you might as well shoot each other first. That makes sense. Everyone wants to shoot everybody else. Now, however, Draga, being apparently an ancient, is able to turn the Stargate on with her mind. Mm-hmm. She, Gus, and Stacy escape through the gate, woohoo, leaving the Taquan behind. Okay. They return to the planet of the Muradash. Everything is okay, and Stacy seems to think Gus isn't so bad anymore. Woohoo! Uh, as they prepare to leave, the Muradash, who had owned Harrison, finally washes off all the mud, and shocker of all shockers, she's not a mud creature, but a beautiful woman. Oh. Don't judge a book by its cover. I, oh. I mean, uh, make sure you look at the inside of things. I mean, oh. uh, there, there's a moral here somewhere, I guess. Oh, it's... No, no. There, yeah, there is. It's not yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, also, <laughs> the Taklan captured on this, uh, you know, hot, toxic planet... Uh, managed to cannibalize a couple of their vehicles in order to jerry-rig a DHD and escape. Yay. Yeah. Also, Gus realizes that Taklan must have access to his travel records through the trader at the SGC, and so therefore he enters an address to a planet he has never been before. And that way, clearly, they can get the Taklan off their trail. Aw, oh, clearly. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. The best world. What'd you yeah. think? This was not the best. <laughs> okay. This was not the best at all. Um, yeah. The, 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 the effort, the, uh, the effort at morality here about got to observe the local customs, but yet, uh, yeah, I, I get it. This is a kid's show and it's also 2003, but still. Like observing the local customs by making fun of the people who can't handle the local customs just seems weird. Uh, the dialogue. So I, this episode definitely was also highlighting some production quality issues. Uh, there were some lines of dialogue where they cut the, they cut the sentence in weird spots so that uh, it was Stacy who was saying a line and the line was like seven words long and the first six words were in one sentence and the last one word was in a different sentence <laughs> and it sounded like it. Um, <laughs> so instead of punching in properly, they just kind of cut the words together and just and mailed it like, uh, you know, like the the observation that I had about midway through was that this episode was about as exciting as a smelly mud bath. Like it 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 the it was it was sluggish. It was <laughs> it was uninteresting. Uh, the battle wasn't um, 
particularly like engaging at all. Uh, the voice acting on this one was also just terrible. Like the, the amount of emotion that was being conveyed was not good uh, as in not convincing at all. And again, the production was just silly. Um, uh, let's see here. I have a note here or the home of the ancients. How'd he know? Um, I can't remember who said that line. That tells you a lot about where I was as far as paying attention was concerned. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and you know, hey, looks can be deceiving because she's beautiful. Blech. How many times have we seen those types of stories where it's like, it's like, you know, image doesn't matter. And you know how we can tell you that image doesn't matter? It's by making sure that you, we tell you a story where image matters. Duh. Right. And you know, and she was so, always beautiful on the inside, and we know it when she washes off the outside, and then we see the beautiful on the inside. No, no, you see, I hear you, and that's what they were trying to say, but you know what they actually said? She was beautiful on the outside, but because she was wearing a trash bag, you didn't get to see that. And you know what counts? Beauty on the outside. Um oh, which of course is is oh yeah. uh, I, I I I totally missed that, Brent. <laughs> I, hey, I was kids. all for the moral about the beauty on the inside of people. <sighs> please, please understand, there's gallons of sarcasm poured over those last statements. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's a version of body currency. It's gross. It's disgusting. And people are far. Hey, 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 everybody! May you live to be old. And when you get old, you're gonna look like hot garbage. But you're still gonna be who you are. And so, so either who you are is good or who you are isn't. But how you look is going to be a variable that you cannot control. Um, no matter how hard you try. So, yeah, this one, it was hard to stay awake in this one. Uh, the action was just not good. There were weird cuts. Um, like, what was up with that blast bolt being blasted out of the sky by another blast bolt? Oh, oh, <laughs> like, oh. Right? Yeah. It was like a half a second. And it just, and I know what they were trying to do, but, like, the animation on this one, it just, it just felt like they were kind of cobbling it together. Um the solutions to their particular problems, they were just uninspiring, as in, like, the, the, these, these things were almost tropey solutions to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the, 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 the ugly woman actually being hot was pretty... I wrote cringe, but yeah. I mean, we just got done talking about it. It's just like, come on. Like, you don't... That's not how you convey that message, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I was starting to lose my bearings. Remember how I was saying how I've been trying to watch this from the mindset of about a 10 year old. Uh Um, And when I say I'm starting to lose my bearings, it's partly because um, this would absolutely be an episode where 10 year old me would change the channel. (laughs) The, 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 the point of the cartoon is to sell toys. And if it can't sell toys, it's got to sell commercials. And this one this one just wasn't it. Um, you know, it, it was, it, it was just kind of weird and all over the place and, and trying to tell a meta story. But as I said before, like that's not the direction that you need to go for a cartoon series. And so as a result, they had to kind of repeat a lot of things about the story. Cause I mean, they know it, but on the other hand, it also looks like they don't care. It really looks like they're just cashing a paycheck right now. And, that's not the end of the world. Like, you know, people got to eat, but, um, <laughs> I don't have to like it. And yeah. so, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it was just kind of, it was just kind of garbagey. 
Um, and you know, part of me thinks and worries that this might be where this, where this show goes. <laughs> like it's just, it's just 24 episodes of people just cashing in checks. Um, and if that's the case, then I can see <laughs> how it absolutely doesn't work at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, here I am episode three and I was thinking fondly of episode one and I thought fairly okay about episode two this one it's starting to it's the the shtick is definitely losing its shine yeah um so what about you what do you what do you think about this one you know there there is a metaphor of the third episode being stuck on a planet that is stinky yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um bogged down <laughs> yeah stuck in the mud in need in need of rescue <laughs> um yeah it just Oh, I, I found my, I watched this last night. So I yeah. watched it last night and, and, you know, I admitted that I'd just gotten home from a long day at, at the church and such. Um, and so I was a little bit tired, but holy smokes, did I have a hard time like caring. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's so like, and I watched, uh, you know, just to put this into context, dear listeners, we're recording this at the same time that we recorded the episode of Stargate Second Chances on uh, Forever in a Day. And I mm-hmm. watched that a couple of nights ago, Brent. Yeah. And uh, when I watched that, I was also tired and all of those things. And, you know, on, on some level, it was hard to pay attention to it. Um, but that was just because I was fatigued. But I was also engaged in it. So go listen to that mm-hmm. episode if you haven't already, because I was engaged in it. Um um, and I just realized that this might actually come out before that does. So, hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, um, yes. I-, I was watching this episode and I'm like, uh, do I have to? Uh-huh. And then, yeah. and then I'm like, you know, for a moment, I'm like, oh, is there like actual peril for the Teclan? They're stuck on this planet with no DHD. I'm like, oh, no, we have a couple of ships and and we'll just like, you know, jerry-rig a DHD and it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. Which makes me think that uh, if this is your grand plan, Ancients, for saving the knowledge of where your planet is, you might want to figure out what plan B is because plan oh, A totally. is not helpful. Yeah. This... This this episode, um, you know, thank goodness this is running non-canonical because you know the the, the um, aspects of the meta story that this series is starting to introduce are, you know, definitely easy. Well, it, they're tremendously easy to overcome because this is a television's this is a children's cartoon. Um, however, yeah, you do bring like when I when <laughs> when. Uh, yeah, when when uh, of course the uh, uh, Draga is able to to activate the gate by just thinking about it, like I mm, roll, um, and of course uh, you know the Declan are actually not stranded on this like hellscape because I roll. Of course they aren't. They aren't. Um, but it does start to trivialize so much, mm. so much about the Stargate show and the the the, the universe, right? Yeah. Like there's there's these aspects of the gate, the gate technology, the mystery of the ancients, uh that uh that's working really, really well on the tele on the the on SG one. <clears throat> it's working great on SG one. And here we've got this cartoon that's just 
basically just chucking it in the bin. And so um, quite a while ago, Zach, you had, and I, I don't think we've talked about it in respect to this particular show, but quite a while ago, you were mentioning that one of the ideas that is out there that that uh, helps you reconcile the stark differences between the Stargate movie and the Stargate television show is that it's describing two different realities. Right. Uh, okay. And I think that's, I think that's great. Uh, I do think that there are series that kind of play it fast and loose with that. Um, but on the other hand, tell you what, like it certainly immediately alleviates the burden of trying to square these stories that storytellers who are people and not the same person are trying to tell about an idea without necessarily having to pretend like every single story is encyclopedic of this particular universe. They're different, different universes. So Stargate infinity is providing a bounty of evidence that this is a completely different universe entirely. (laughs) Like, all the way down the line. <laughs> like the things that they have in common pretty much are two things. One, there's a thing called a Stargate that lets you travel between planets. And two, there's a group of people on a place that they call Earth that have a thing called Stargate Command. Other than that, like we are basically have nothing in common with the other television oh, show yeah. right now at all. One of the things that I'm noticing is that like in SG-1, they do have legit alien species. Mm-hmm. Right, we do run across the Nox, who are pretty clearly not human. They're yeah. they're close, but they're not human. We run across the Unas. Uh, we did run across that one fish guy in the one episode in the first season. Yeah, that's that right. Never seen again. Um, yep. And there are a few others along the way, but for the vast majority of everything, the people that they run across, while being different cultures and all of that stuff, are basically still human. Mm-hmm. Um, how many human cultures have we run across in this show? Well, right. Like none. Precisely. And we've, we've only run into three or three plus. We've only run into three plus. Um, we've only had three episodes, Brent. That's my point. Uh, and the plus is because, well, I mean, we haven't, each episode has taken us someplace and we've had, I think five different alien species, uh, uh, shown to us so far. Right. Um, and, you know, it's the liberty that you have when you have a cartoon. Uh, you can draw anything. And so, you know, taking maximum advantage of that. Sure. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> there's a difference between being able to draw, a, you know, scary looking guy with fanged teeth and, uh, a, you know, a, a weird like mud type person. Um, yeah than it is to tell a story that is engaging about the guy with the scary teeth or the mud type person or the dragon lady six six uh species uh yeah i'm trying to think if i put echo in there too i don't know it doesn't matter um yeah and so it's kind of a shame on one hand right though because i think i think it's partly a shame because while on one hand i can think of plenty of examples of uh children uh, entertainment for children where they know that there's probably an adult somewhere nearby who is just suffering. And so they throw that adult some 
winks. Like I really, really liked. So when my daughter was quite young, we were watching Sesame Street and I don't remember if the Sesame Street when I was a kid had quite so many nods to parents. I don't think it did, but the Sesame Street of the early 2010s absolutely knew there was a parent watching this with the kid and they were constantly telling jokes that only the parents would get. Right. It was great. Um, they really took the time to figure out how to talk to two different audiences at the exact same time. And I see that, ex- I see that in other children's uh, programming as well. Like with, with movies, mm-hmm. um, really good kids movies know that there are parents watching as well. And they'll throw jokes, the parents way all the time. And it's not like adult wink, wink jokes though. Sometimes that can be in there. And it's really funny when they're able to do that without actually being like, if they are able to really subtly slip in uh, a joke, that's, you know, clearly for people who are over 18 Mm -hmm. and completely have it sail over the heads of the kids. Those are the best. Sure. But um, even those jokes, notwithstanding there's, there are things that make certain gags funny for adults that kids don't get. And if you can tell that gag where it's funny for an adult and also do something where it's funny for a kid, that's just genius. And this show doesn't do that. (laughs) Like It's trying to, it's trying to sell cinnamon toast crunch. And I don't know if it's doing that good of a job of that even. So, and again, it's, it's manifested in, as I was saying, in the production quality. Um, it, it's the production quality is not that good. The animation is okay. Um, but the cuts of the animation aren't good and the cuts of the dialogue aren't good. And the dialogue itself isn't good. And the voice acting isn't good. Um, the, the, um, uh, Foley artistry is not good. Um, it's, it's, middling uh i can't remember if it's was this the episode where you hear where you see the missile and you hear the um zat gun it's the uh, same if, you know i don't remember now i can't remember. we watched uh we watched two episodes of of infinity spoiler and i can't remember which one has the zat gun sound effect with the missile but you know it's like it's it's just just kind of garbagey anyway, yeah yeah I, I, okay yeah so Brent, I think yeah. that it is probably time for us to uh, stop pontificating on this episode, and uh, <laughs> and I invite you now to share your uh, Chevron rating of you know this episode. I can't not like the theme song though. It's kind of a catchy theme song. They got a good theme song. All right, so um, dumb dumb story. Swing and a miss on the moral tour uh, on the on the morality uh, story, like big swing and miss. Uh, way too easy to get out of the situation. Um, almost sim- just incredibly simplistic uh, problems with with simplistic resolutions. Uh, dumb jokes, poor production quality. Wow, man, I can't can't even think of anything that was actually good other than the theme song. Maybe I will by principle only give this one a two and not a one because, because at least I got to jam. You know, that's good. Two out of seven chevrons for me. Yeah. Um, I am going to follow suit and give this two out of chevron, seven <laughs> chevrons. Uh, and, and here is why it's a two. Um, because this is only episode three and I want to give myself some space to go lower if we get there. <laughs> you know, this is a parallel universe act. We could go into the negative numbers, I suppose. Oh, 
We could take chevrons away from some other gate. Ah, well, so uh, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. It may come to that. We have, <laughs> what, 21 episodes left or something We've like that? We've got 21 more to go. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, dear listeners, Ooh. I love you a lot. You guys are awesome. Um, and thank you very much uh, for supporting this podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, tell us what you think about this episode, if you want. Uh-huh. Uh, you can do that by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Talk to us there at Stargate Walking. You can go to the Facebook page and the Facebook group, do conversations and such there. Or you can go to our website, wtts.space, which Space. will give you the link to the discords and join us on Discord. Yep. And you can share your thoughts with everybody there. Yep, that's right. Um, with that, I'm Zach. I'm Brent. And this has been Stargate Infinity We Lost a Bet, a Walking Through the Stargate podcast. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>